Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. And this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Um, we're glad that you're here to listen. But we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. morning, Lake Ridge, and happy May Long weekend to you. Uh, it's Pastor Evan here, and I'm excited to be uh, sharing with you a little bit of what God has put on my heart uh, this morning. And uh, I just hope that wherever you are, that you are, are thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying um, your, uh, your May Long weekend. Hey, uh, we this morning are beginning a sermon series uh, that we've called One on One. And so one of the questions that we've been asking each other is, have there been people in your life or moments in your life where you have had one-on-one encounters or conversations with important people or with Jesus that have really kind of changed the trajectory of your story or helped you to understand something that was just um, kind of beyond your reach maybe. And uh, so we're excited about this. We're gonna be using um, one sec. Uh, we're going to be using um, some of the stories of Jesus, places where Jesus has encountered people and talked to them, you know, one-on-one kind of a context and really changed their perspective. And then how those people have gone on to, to have one-on-one and, and other conversations with others that have changed and shaped them. So I really want you to be considering that this May Long weekend, wherever it is that you are, uh, watching, I hope that you're asking um, some good questions, uh, both of the people around you, mentors, wise people, wise counsel, but also that you are, are doing what you can to listen well for the voice of God and for the relationship of, of Jesus. I just, <clears throat> I'm not sure how your long weekend is going, um, but mine is pro- proving to be a bit of a challenge. Hey, now this morning, um, I'm actually really excited uh, because this morning I get to share with you uh, one of my favorite Bible stories, actually a story that I believe helps us to understand uh, more fully uh, the heart of God uh, through the life and interactions of Jesus. And so I'm just gonna do my best to kind of tell the story and throw out some questions for us when we're done. and. Um, And it's my hope that in doing so, that no matter where it is you are at in your story, that you are able to um, see how God and through the life of Jesus crosses the divide. Sometimes I think uh, in particular in our world today, um, we're focusing a lot on the division of who we are rather than the places and those who are crossing those divides like Jesus did. The story for this morning is from John 4, and and it is the story of Jesus uh, who is on a journey, and uh, and he stops at a well, and he has an interaction um, with a woman. Now, uh, in order to understand or fully grasp 
this particular story, we really, really do have to understand the context and, and what were the, the cultural divides and, and, and the gender divides and all of the different kinds of division that they might have been seeing and experiencing. So the first, uh, in, in John chapter 4, we see that Jesus is, is making his way um, from Judea uh, back to the region of Galilee. And in order to do that, he has to cross a territory or a land that, that was occupied by people who were different from Jews. Um, and, 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 and in a way, they were different in, in some very small ways. They were called the Samaritan people. And, and in a lot of ways, they had so many similarities. They served the same God. They believed in the sum of the same things. And yet, and yet there was a great division between these people. It's a racial divide. The Samaritans were people who had, um, who had married outside of the Jewish race. And so there was an intertwining of race. And, and that had caused a division in the way that, that Jews understood um, Samaritan's faith and the way that Samaritans had understood the Jewish faith. And so they argued um, about these things a great deal. And so we see that Jesus is on this trip and and I just want sec and on this trip, it's May long weekend is really something. Um, on this trip, um, contextually, we see Jesus in Samaria. Now actually this was this was actually kind of a thing that uh, even though uh, traveling uh, through this region would have been the fastest way to get to Galilee, um, actually, it was not a way that the Jews usually took. They usually went out of their way to not go into Samaria, to not interact with the Samaritan people. And so the fact that, that Jesus is actually there in that place says something significant about his heart and his desire and how he understood these people. <sighs> oh, I hope your May long weekend's going well. Yikes. And so Jesus is in this territory and the scripture, the scriptural story tells us that it was about noon, which means he had been traveling uh, uh, for about six hours and he was tired. And, uh, and so he stops at, at this well and the well was significant. It was called Jacob's well. It had a part of the Old Testament history that we can read about these important figures in Jacob uh, for both the Jewish and the Samaritan faith. His disciples head off into town uh, to get them some food and Jesus sits to rest by himself while he's resting there, right? Well, he's, he's, he's um, doing what he needs to do to take care of his body. A woman comes along. Now the woman comes at noon. Right off the bat, if we understand the context, there are red flags. You see, to go and gather water in those days was to do something social. It was to go with, with other women, was to interact with them, to build relationship with them. It was a social event to go walking out to the well to collect water. And so here the woman is, woman is by herself. Immediately, there are red flags that go up as we, as we start to see that this was a woman who was 
not necessarily accepted even in her own community. As the story goes on, we find out that, that she had a bit of a checkered past, a, a past that, in terms of her relationship to other men um, that, that has caused the community, in particular the community of women, to, to, to even put her outside of their group. Now Jesus has an interaction with her in it, and, and that in itself is, is crazy. It's crazy, and, and, and actually, contextually, for a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi like Jesus was, to interact with a woman in a private setting would have been highly, highly inappropriate. In fact, some of my commentaries would suggest that it would have been seen as flirting, and, and, and to flirt with a woman would have been um, unacceptable. Never mind to flirt with a Samaritan woman who had a checkered past. And so we see that there is, first of all, a racial and cultural divide between the Samaritans and the Jews, so much so that Jesus really shouldn't have been taking this journey, this path through Samaria. And then we see there is a gender divide that is present between Jesus and the woman. Okay, so uh, these are some of the contextual things that are going on. Not only that, but in the middle of this, Jesus begins the conversation by asking the woman for some water. He, he is literally asking her to use the jugs that she has to reach down into the well and retrieve water. And Jews had significant food issues and, and cleanliness laws and rules around that. So here it is, once again, Jesus crossing a cultural divide traditional divide, even a Jewish law divide, in asking the woman to use her water vessels to give him a drink of water. And so the conversation begins. The woman almost immediately identifies that Jesus is doing something highly unorthodox and inappropriate. And, and, and so she asks him, how could you ask me for, for water? Like, don't Jews and Samaritans not speak and share these types of things. And Jesus carries on and says, if only you knew. And then they begin this conversation around water. Jesus says, if only you knew I would, who I am, I would, for I would give you living water. Water that would cause you to never thirst again. Well, remember this woman has come to the well at noon. She likely was very lonely, was experiencing a great deal of shame. And it's interesting because the text actually says that the woman responds and she says, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again and I will not have to keep coming back to this place to draw water. It's almost as if Jesus is meeting this woman in her day, in a moment in her day, which magnifies the shame and loneliness that she experiences. And she, she says, please give me this water so I don't have to come back to this place of shame each day. And then they begin this great conversation. I want to give some credit to the woman in this conversation because, because not only does she need the water, so she approaches the well and the conversation begins, but the woman asks great questions. 
She asks Jesus about the water. She asks him why he would be willing to use her water vessels to collect water and, and, and why he would be willing to drink from that particular water. And, 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 and not only does she ask really good questions of Jesus, but, but she also listens. She listens for the responses that Jesus gives. I think that when we think about one-on-one -on -one conversations, the one-on-one -on -one conversations that I've had with my mentors and other people that have shaped me, it, it, it really has been at the root of it, my desire to ask the questions and then to listen as, as I listen for wise counsel and for people to share those. And this woman does this with Jesus, not even knowing him. Some really, really cool things come. And I think that Jesus demonstrates the heart of his father, the heart of Jesus to us in such a profound way that, that we cannot sidestep this particular story when we think about our culture today. So a cool thing happens. Jesus says, go and get your husband so that I can share with you. Of course, the woman says, well, I don't have a husband right now. And then Jesus names some truth. Now, the truth is hard. It's not a good truth necessarily. He says to the woman, it's true. You, for you've had five husbands and you're living with the man that you're with now. And in this particular case, in this particular culture, Jesus states a truth that would have been hard to hear. But yet, because of his actions in this conversation, the woman doesn't have to feel shame or embarrassment because truth was spoken. But Jesus was there interacting with her, talking to her in this one-on-one -on -one conversation. This beautiful thing happens. Truth is told. The woman, the woman's truth is shared. And what I love about this particular story is that Jesus doesn't just stop with the truth about the woman, but that he shares with this woman, this woman, this Samaritan woman who he should not have been interacting with. Jesus shares his story. They talk a little bit about worship. They talk about where's the right place to worship? Where's the wrong place to worship? Does that sound interesting? Like, have we not talked about that in the last year? Should we be worshiping in the sanctuary on Sunday? Or can we worship in our own backyard on a May long weekend in the freezing cold weather where we have to wear mitts and toques? Which is just seriously unreasonable, isn't it? But is anybody else just exhausted with cold weather? Okay, little sidestep, little rabbit trail there. But, but that's something that they talk about. Where is the right place to worship? And Jesus says, listen to this, Jesus says to her, for a time is coming when we won't worry about where we worship, but that we will worship with the spirit of truth, right? We will worship because we all seek the Father. He shows this woman that greater days are coming. And this is what I love about this particular story, is that for the first time in the book of John, Jesus says who he is. I do not think that we should step sidestep the fact that the first person that Jesus 
says very clearly who he is, the first person he tells is somebody who is on the other side of the racial divide, on the other side of the cultural divide, the religious divide, and the gender divide. He shares this beautiful words with her, and she says, this is how it goes. It's verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus replied, declared, I, the one you are speaking to, I am he. I love this story because Jesus is simply stating, this is who I am. And he's sharing it with an unlikely person. This one-on-one -on -one interaction that Jesus has with this woman clearly changes her. It changes her almost completely. And it's kind of at that moment that the, that the, 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 the disciples come returning from town and they see he's speaking to this woman. And it's this weird, awkward thing because they believe he's doing something really wrong. And the woman declares almost immediately that she has seen the Messiah. She has seen the Christ and, and, and that he knew everything about her. And, and what is beautiful about this particular story is we get both the one-on-one -on -one interactions. We get the one-on-one -on -one interaction that the woman has with Jesus. And then she runs off to town and she declares to the people in town that she has encountered the Messiah, this person, this man who knew everything about her. All of her story and yet still chose to speak with her, to share a moment of intimacy with her. And so, as the story goes, the townspeople come out and they greet Jesus. They want to know for themselves, is this lady crazy? Or is this a real thing? Has this really happened in Samaria? And it had happened in Samaria, in Samaria. And it says actually that in the text that Jesus stayed there with his disciples for a couple of days and that many people came to believe. They came to believe. And, and at the end of the story, it says, we have come to believe not, they say to the woman, we have come to believe not because of what you have told us, but because of what, what we have experienced in our own life and in our own story and is that not what we want people of god we are called to cross divides our very savior our very messiah has demonstrated it not by talking about it but by doing it by being willing to set aside the things that divide in order to share the heart of god with those around them we need more of this in our time. We need to be the kind of people who will set aside the, all of the things that we see as dividing us and focus in on the person of Jesus. Because his love for us is universal. It applies to all people. Racial, cultural, gender, all people. 
I think this is an important story. And I think this is an important sermon series. Not because of the things that we can learn. Not just because of the things that we can learn. But because of what I hope it will cause us to do. You see, understanding these stories and coming up with the knowledge of these stories means nothing if we don't put them into practice. Our faith actually requires some form of action. And it is in the action of loving those on the other side of the many divides we can find where we will experience the true presence, the true one-on-one -on -one interaction with Jesus himself. May we be the kind of people who always seek to see those who are different from us as children of God. People who can help us to see and experience him in deeper ways. May we be that kind of church. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the gift of difference. Thank you, Jesus, that you have created us different. May we always be able to point out and see the belovedness in each other, even though we also see the ways we are different. God, I pray, would you give us courage at Lake Ridge? Will you give us the courage to know how to step out beyond ourselves, beyond our comforts, so that we might not only be able to share your heart with others, but that we may be able to experience your heart with others. I pray that you would be with us in these times. Give us wisdom to know how to love. I pray these things in your name. Amen. And so now on this May long weekend, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace this day and this week. Amen. And have a great long weekend.